This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We're here until midnight along with Harvey and JP on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Feeling good, Larry. How about you, my friend? Feeling pretty good, a little concerned about JR. Yeah, uh, I, look, that is certainly a concern because think about all the, th- the criticism that Julius Randle has received in his time with the Knicks. There has mm-hmm. not been a single caller who has ever tried to even hint at the case that the guy is not tough. The guy plays all the time. He plays all the minutes. He's, he's always in there. So when you see him go down with that ankle injury the way it, it went down, uh, it, is, it is cause for concern. It is, and... You wonder, even though he's day to day, I'm just I'm telling you, Gordon, I'm I'm ready to sit him out. I'm I'm not ready to rush him back. I know how ankles can be. I'm not ready to rush him back. I'm you know, when he when he can come back, he can come back. You know, it's okay. I'm not ready to rush him back. You need to see what you know, and, and I'll I'll tell you this. Um Obi Toppin's got to play better than he did tonight. Especially on the defensive end. But here's the positive thing, my friend. Knicks beat the heat. Absolutely. And, and they started out like they couldn't shoot and find the broad side of a barn, and I don't know that they really got much better. <laughs> but, well, not at the foul line anyway. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a tight game really throughout. You know, you see 101-92, you think, ah, you know, it seems like the Knicks probably controlled. No, it really wasn't until the fourth quarter where things started to get under control. It was really a nip-and-tuck game, and every time a team started to pull in front – the other team came right back, and it, it kind of felt like old times at the Garden, Larry. It did. Had a 90s so, feel to it, didn't it, Gordon? Yeah, absolutely. Had a feel of a playoff game, and, and for all intents and purposes, this was kind of a playoff game for the Knicks. You know, you mm-hmm. want to hold on to that five seed for grim death, and this puts the heat in their place where now they have to worry about just making the playoffs, forget about playoff positioning, mm-hmm. because it seems pretty clear now five is out for them. Yep. Uh, and now the Knicks can uh, hopefully carry this over into Cleveland, wrap up yes. a playoff spot, and wrap up number five. So, yeah, tonight was a big night, big night for the bench. Yes. And to think that you got this win – and, and, I mean, down the stretch of the game, I think the RJ3 really put it away. But, I mean, you, you felt pretty good about where things were at down the stretch of this game. And you did it on a night where Randall played 15 minutes. And, mm-hmm. obviously, Brunson was also uh, limited as well. Yeah, he was limited. Rusty. You mm-hmm. can see the rust. And, listen, I give Tibbs credit. for, And you give Tibbs credit and you give the bench guys credit, especially quickly and Hart, for not forcing him to put him back in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing things. The, 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 they were handling the offense. They were playing good defense. That group played well together. That group, Gordon, if, if, you, if you got into a situation late in the game in the postseason, I think that group would be pretty good defensively. You know, where you saw you had Hart, you had Quickly, you had Grimes, so you had some shooting out there. You had, uh, you know, um, Hardenstein in mm-hmm. there and – and, uh, you know, so you really had kind of like a four-guard situation with him and mm-hmm. Barrett. And so I think that that's a decent group defensively that you can deal with. You just – the question's going to be when they play together, do you have enough scoring? Will you get enough scoring from that group? And, of course, the circle, that bullseye just circles around and we, it finds R.J. Barrett again because on that – with that group, because quickly handles the ball so much and you can see it wears, it wears on him just the dribbling and dribbling against – you know, you know, defenses that pressing him the length of the floor as Miami was trying to do. 
Uh, that's where R.J. Barrett's got to be able to hit some shots. And and for him, it it wasn't so much bad shot selection going. He just couldn't make layups tonight. He just could not hit a shot now. Uh, especially early on. Uh, he did hit that big three at the end, but uh, still, on, you know, on a night where Randall doesn't really, you know, doesn't come back, and, and Brunson is clearly still, you know, rusty, limited, whatever you want to say, that's kind of the time where you'd like to think that R.J. Barrett's going to step up and really, you know, find his groove, and he didn't really. It was it was the Quickly show. It was the Grime show. It was mm-hmm. the Josh Hart show. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bar- uh, Barrett had to... Uh, you know, really struggled again tonight. Yeah, he did. Uh, 12 of 23 from the free throw line, Gordon. I wonder what they're going to do tomorrow. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's like I almost wouldn't put too much. It just seemed like a weird night. You yeah, know, like they're, they're usually, you know, I think everybody's better than that. And certainly the yeah. Knicks are better than that. So it just mm-hmm. felt like a weird night. Uh, yeah. And I would chalk it up to that. I, I'm not too concerned about that. But, uh, I mean, think about the, the play of Emmanuel quickly that, Really wasn't at the trade deadline, but before that, there was whispers. Oh, you know, they might trade quickly. They might trade quickly. Oh my God! Thank God. Now you'd have to find out what they were going to get back for quickly. But I don't right. think it would have been as good as what they've gotten out of quickly. He has been sensational. He was sensational again tonight, and really kind of carried the offense. What's that conversation you always say? The best trades that you don't make. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, you don't know what you would have gotten back, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's pretty clear it would not have been as good as what Emmanuel quickly has played. And, and between him and Grimes, I mean, Grimes has really stepped up here as well. He has. He has. He really has. He's played well. He's played well. He's always played well defensively, Gordon, mm-hmm. but he's caught fire from three. And his what, what I love about his game is his quick release. His release is just it, – it's quick. It, he gets off the shot quickly, and he very rarely – uh, he very rarely takes a bad shot. And now what he's doing is because people are, he's hit the three so much and people are coming at him, he now puts the ball on the floor and goes to the basket. So that, that gives, you know, that brings some confusion defensively to his game. Do you, do you, you can't play up on him from the three because he can go by you to the basket, so you kind of have to play him midway. So it, it's, it, it's you, you like to see, listen, you like to see the young players and their game evolve, and that's what you're seeing with Grimes and Quickly. Yeah, and as a, as, in th- as thrilling of a win as this is for the Knicks, this is a demoralizing loss for the Heat. You know, they they sit out Butler last night to have him fresh for tonight. He finished with twelve points on the night. Uh, Adebayo, uh, what did he have? Uh, nine points on the night as well. Did you see Adebayo? Was he there? <laughs> it didn't seem like he was. <laughs> but it, the box scores. I don't think the box score is lying. He, he played thirty five minutes and had nine points. Uh, what a what a demoralizing loss this is for this Heat team that uh, you know they, they've they've played well at times but they've never mm-hmm. been consistent all season long yeah. and to to be held to 16 points they lose a game that they were circling and knew they had to have yeah. on a night where the Knicks' two biggest stars are compromised or out yeah that's a demoralizing loss. Butler Adebayo combined for 21 points, Gordon. That is that's that's on. Good thing on, you held Butler out last night. Whew, on yikes. nine of 20 shooting. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That that was there were no shows, and Strauss, who has been has hit, hurt the Knicks with some threes, didn't score tonight. Only played three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, really, if it wasn't for Vincent, this if it wasn't for Vincent and the and the missed free throws, this game mm-hmm. would have been over oh, early. Yeah. yeah. They were done. It was crazy.
It was crazy. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your calls on this victory after uh, they beat the Heat 101-92. Oh, by the way, the Nets are still... Gordon, the Nets are still hanging into that sixth seed. They're still, still doing things. They're still doing things. Beat Houston tonight. Yeah, hanging a lot tougher than the Heat. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. Definitely are. So, you know, it, it is uh, interesting to see how this Nick team is going to respond going into Cleveland now. And look, you want to get you want to lock up your 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 position as soon as possible. That's what you want to do. Um, I'm curious to see how Brunson will perform Friday. I'm sure he'll be a little, uh, he'll be better than he was tonight. But I am curious if they get the lead, how much time is he going to play? Because you're kind of, you look like they're kind of, uh, you know, Gordon, not pressuring him to come back. As long as they can get the points and, and everything is okay, they're not trying to pressure him. And I think that's a good move. He played 30 minutes tonight. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I thought that they, you know, you know, with Tibbs, if you're yeah. in there, you're in there, and you're. It's not. It's like Mr. Miyagi. You can't be halfway. You got to be all the way. Uh, right. So uh, they did. I think they did the smart thing there by by holding him, you know, to only 30 minutes tonight. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a temptation there when Randall goes down the way he does, but they did yeah. not give into that temptation. It is about the long game and. And hopefully, look, it's all about the playoffs at this point, but you hope that Randall is back for the next game because now you, you, you saw tonight, you're better than the Heat. Yes. The games absolutely. were close, but you're better than the Heat. Now you're you want to see how you match up against the Cavs, and you're going to get mm-hmm. to see a real dose of it come playoff time, but yes. you'd like a little appetizer to hold you over until then. I am curious, though, if if Randall can't go, does to match up with the taller Cleveland front line, and you heard Tibbs mention it, will you see a lot or will you see uh, Sims and Robinson or Sims and Hartenstein in there to try to offset that that uh, that duel that Cleveland has up front there to try to even the, the rebounding score if indeed Randall can't go? And maybe down the line in, 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 the, in the playoffs if they meet. Well, he did bring up, you know, he made a point to to bring up uh, Sims's name, so it would not be a surprise. This is ESPN New York tonight. Josh Hart, big off the bench, big defensively as well, Gordon, as he always is. He seems to and loose balls. He's always around the basketball, always. It does seem that way, right? He's always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, he does a nice job. Really does. Really does. Let's see what the fans have to say. 1-800-919-3776. Go down to Florida. Hear what Coach Spike has got to say. Hey, Spike, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Promo code Gordon. I'm giving you an easy moneymaker, what I saw tonight. If the 8-9 game winds up Toronto and Miami, promo code Gordon, bet the Raptors. The Heat quit last night. They, they, when they didn't play Butler. Um, you know, we really don't know. We just got to get the wins. And uh, Randall went down. I feel bad for him. But uh, the third and fourth best players on the Nick team, and I'm putting quickly aside because he's kind of a bench player. Uh, he's, he's, he's played wonderfully, except for the dribbling, but he's played terrific. He really improved a lot. But Josh Hart, think about this, boys. Josh Hart and Quentin Grimes, Kind of the same type of player. Now, Grimes is more offensive-minded. He's also very young, 22. And Larry, everything that happened, we talked on Sunday, has happened. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. uh, put heart on Grimes' man. 
and Grimes' offense, uh, he gets to the baseline, he gets to the basket, he squares up. He's definitely the best shooter on this team. I don't have to say another word. You can see that. And his game has grown. And you can't – listen, if you're coaching if you're coaching Jack uh, uh, Gordon, you want him to be like Josh Hart. He, he just – every tool in the bag. The guy, I can't say enough about him. And uh, if we have to play this tall Cleveland team, first of all, no coach is going to show out much. They're really not. Right. They're going to hold it back for the playoffs. I see Brooklyn, same thing happened to them. We're used to, you know, young team. Half the players can't get a beer. And uh, Brooklyn came back. Brooklyn could uh, wind up in that sixth seed, and Miami could be seventh. As a matter of fact, looking at the schedule, Brooklyn doesn't have another difficult game. Now, I know they're new, but it was a pretty handily, uh, handy win. They would have made their free throws, as some, one of you boys said. That, that, gets, uh, that gets under my crawl. I know it's to you, Larry, being a player. Drives me nuts. But uh, happy birthday, Clyde. We got mm-hmm. the needed win. It wasn't that difficult. Miami is just not the same team. No, and Jimmy not. Butler looks like his neck is bothering him. You see it also? Yeah. He looks hurt to me. He does. He does. He, he, didn't, he, he, looked, he looked out of it, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. And uh, as we mentioned, too, I mean, Batman the bio, Gordon, has been, in some games against the Knicks, undefendable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he just wasn't even, he, like, he wasn't even, there was moments you didn't even know if he was in the game. It's, it's kind of the story of their year. It is. It is. This is not – this is – it's it's weird. And Eric Spolster is a tremendous coach. I mean, he's got 700 career wins, Gordon. So mm-hmm. he's he's no. a tremendous coach. Absolutely. And been there forever. But this is not – they're not acting like a Spolster coach Miami team. They're, they're not. They're, they're physical sometimes, but they just don't have – they just don't have it. I mean, Lowry hasn't been able to play. I mean, Oladipo, with all the injuries, he looks like he's about done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't have a lot of scoring. I mean, Hero they're, was good tonight. Robinson was pretty good for them early, but disappeared. Yeah, they're one of those teams that probably should tear it down but don't have that mindset because of, you know, the guy that's running the show down there. So mm-hmm. they'll probably, you know, in the offseason, stick some things together and hope that it comes together next year better than it did this year. But um, you, you, you would thought that as the season wore down that the Heat were going to be one of those teams that would play better. But yeah. it's not really ever uh, – it's never really happened. Yeah, and the funny thing about them too, Gordon, is very simply because of the pace that they play – if they get a little bit of offense, they're always going to be in the game because they slow the game down to a crawl. Mm-hmm. And so even tonight, even though you know the Knicks couldn't shoot, which helped them out to keep it close. I mean, as you mentioned, before, till the fourth quarter, they they were they were back and forth. They were in control of this yeah, game absolutely. without having their a, two guys. Absolutely, this was this was a tight game until then. You know, so that's 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 the scary thing about them. That's the scary thing. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good evening, guys. Just wanted to get my thoughts on the game. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just wanted to say, you know, I thought the they played the Knicks played a pretty decent game. They were very um, great on the defensive end. You know, holding Jimmy Butler down and holding pretty much everybody else down to the, that game was a definitely improvement from what I saw in Miami. <laughs> Um, the, the, also another point was, you know, the, the, uh, just love the fact that, you know, Emmanuel quickly and Quinn Grimes keep emerging and really developing and really showing that, you know, 
got to have more faith in these, you know, meaningless first-round picks that we're supposed to just trade away. And also just, you know, wanted to go out there. And I know um, RJ pretty much did not have a great game. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the win. And usually, and I, I also got to give him some praise because he's not like other superstars that will try to shoot us completely out of the game when they're not when they're cold. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. Um, not superstar star, not superstar yeah. yet, not superstar no, yet. Not but yet. I know what you're point. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And you're right. He, you know, he tries to do something uh, on the. He tries to do other things, and so you like that from him. But <laughs> Gordon, you need him to score. <laughs> In the score, yeah, in these situations, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you're losing two of your top guys, you need somebody to step up, and that's what he did. This is ESPN New York tonight. Tomorrow is opening day, Gordon Damer, and Gordon and I will yes. we'll chit chat a little bit about our teams. I'm so excited. Tomorrow night, the return. Of Answers with Aaron, starring oh Gordon Damon. Oh, I can't wait. It's been wait. so long. I can't wait. I, I might be out it. of practice. I'm looking forward to it. I, I know you're going to be good. And and I'm a, we're going to have to get a Gordon Damer mobile. You and all these remote broadcasts yes. that you're doing, partner. Look at you on the road again this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be at Mohegan Sun for the Saturday show from nice. uh, 3 to 6.30. Perfect. So uh, we'll be having some fun there. They, uh, you know, they got a great setup there for you know you can watch all the the games and everything else. And nice. Uh, I'll be taking it in, Larry. I'll give you my Beautiful. review on Monday. That's excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I'll, I'll be looking forward to hearing from you from up there. That's gonna be fun. I'll be checking you out. I'll be checking you out on the app. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Back to the phones we go. Freddie's in Brooklyn. Freddie, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hi, good night, guys. How are you? Good, Freddie. What's happening? All right, I've been debating for a while. Who's more valuable to this team? Is it quickly or RJ? And in view of that, I would like your opinion on a couple of things. I think quickly's contract is up at the end of this season. No, next season. Would you give him next it's up, he, Yeah, he signed through 2024. So he, after the 20, 20, after 2024, the twenty. Three twenty twenty four season. Very confusing. After it next is. season, he'll he'll be a, a free agent. So he's good for next yeah. season. He's signed. He's locked okay, in. Because I was I was thinking if it was the end of this season, would you give him a max contract? Number one and number two, if mm. all things being equal, if a trade is to become possible and a team wants RJ or quickly, who would you more readily give up? That's an interesting question, Freddie. Thanks for the phone call. I, I don't know that I would give quick. I wouldn't give quickly a max contract. No, but uh, I, I got to consider putting. Uh, <laughs> I got to consider moving RJ right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, this to, season, I have to think about it. It's not just it. that that RJ is taking this step back or has been just so inconsistent throughout the season uh, and so inefficient over the course of the season, it's that quickly has also taken that major step forward. He has. He has. It's, and the biggest thing, and I know it, it drives Spike crazy, his dribbling, but the biggest thing for me, Gordon, is the dribbling. He doesn't give up his dribble anymore. And see, that has allowed him, to, his continuing the dribble allows him to move around and go into different places to keep it alive. Yeah, sometimes he runs the shot clock down, and you're like, well, you just passed the ball already. 
um, as as both Han on radio and Clyde on TV were talking about with the zone, you don't dribble against the zone. You pass against the zone. And so, uh, you know, that drives you a little crazy when you see him just dribbling and dribbling and dribbling. But it's that dribble that has allowed him to continue to not turn the ball over as much because he used to stop give up his dribble in awkward positions and guys would come over and double team him and led the turnovers. Plus, he's just more confident, a confident shooter. And to think that they got him with the 25th pick. And yeah, they got amazing. Grimes with the 25th pick. Isn't that something? Sometimes the first, sometimes the top overalls don't do it. Right. It's the and, hidden and gems, Gordon. The hidden all, gems. All those years we've been shouting. We can't get, you know, we, we never win the lottery. We never move up in the lottery. And, and two of the best young pieces on the team weren't even part of the lottery. It's amazing. Mark's in Newark. What's up, Mark? What's going on, fellas? How are you? Hey, Mark. Um, I feel like a car with one of the spark plugs is bad, and I'm just like riding and popping. I got, I got my Jets, bro, and my Aaron Rodgers fiasco. I got my Mets and Diaz. It's gone for the year, and I got these two forty-year-old All-Star Hall of Fame pitchers. I don't know. And tonight, I'm watching Brooklyn, and I'm like, I'm like. It was like five minutes left in the game, and I'm like, and they're down by seven, and they did. Houston gets an 11-0 run, and Jock calls a timeout, and I needed one. And uh, I, I, I sit back in my roller chair. Now I'm rolling around my floor watching the game because I can't stand up because I'm too on the edge of my seat and thinking depression because we're about to lose a big game. Mm-hmm. And then – Nine three pointers, man. I mean, it was like I was like, I, 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 I'm popping. I'm just popping like like my car. I can't, I can't. And then the Knicks help you up by beating Miami to give you some more breathing room away from them. They did. It, it was it, Larry. I, I'm I'm watching and I'm 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 way down in the O nose, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cam Johnson, thirty-one. Which Cam is? That's another thing. Which Cam is going to show up? Cam thirty-one points or Cam? Yeah. 31 missed threes. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, Some, uh, the cam that's in between there is the one that you want. <laughs> that's but it the sure one. was fun, though, Larry. It was fun, imagine. Brooklyn. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's going to be interesting, Mark. It, it is. It is. Uh, they're going to be – if they finish – they remain sixth, Gordon, um, mm-hmm. you, obviously you don't expect them to be Philly. But they're going to give Philly some issues. That team's going to give Philly some issues because, I mean, you don't know what – James Harden has been phenomenal, but, Gordon, you don't know what James Harden you're getting in the postseason. You never there, there, know. There is, a, there is a postseason resume for James Harden, and it's not one that, uh, you know, that's one of the ones you, you got to run through it a little bit and put some dazzling stuff up at the top just to make yeah. you avoid looking at all the nitty-gritty parts. It, 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 it's why Buddha's in a surly mood. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, you never not listen he knows about Embiid Embiid is solid Embiid's mm-hmm. going to be there yep. you know Harris is iffy Harden is Doc, iffy Doc Rivers know, is know. iffy yeah is iffy. iffy especially when he has a lead he's okay right. he's okay without a lead yeah. you get up 3-1 and you're, you get concerned Ooh, look out here it comes <laughs> you get concerned that's poor Doc He's a good friend, but he he struggles three one man. He he just does. He just does. It, it's amazing. Jansen Yonkers, what's up, Jan? Hi, how you doing, fellas? Hey, Jan. 
What a great win tonight. We sent, we sent, uh, what's his name? Uh, Crybaby Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. We sent him home packing, him and his team, Crybaby. Remember last week he was making Crybaby faces to Julius? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he got to taste his own medicine tonight. And one more thing before I let you guys go. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, uh, Josh Hart held out his hand. You know when the players, they hug each other and they yes. talk and, you know, interact. Exchange jerseys. He left. He left Josh. He left Josh hanging, and was crybaby into one of the referees. I guess about the game or whatever. What a sore loser! You know, go back down to Miami, go to the beach, put some sunscreen lotion on you, and bathe in the sun. You know, because he clearly is a sore losing player. He's a great player, but he's a sore loser. And thank you guys for taking my call. You got it, Jan. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, that made Twitter hot, didn't it? Every, every, I saw it. I went to my phone. I'm like, oh my goodness! Everybody knows that he dissed Josh Hart because he was just not that it wasn't purposeful. Gordon, the official walked yeah, by. Know. And he just had, uh, yeah. you know, he had a lot to say. He did have a lot to say. And look, the the problem for the Heat, it felt like not enough people cared during the game. It's true. So the it's fact true. that someone cared, it was nice to see, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they could use more of that. And now they could use it more during the actual game portion of the night, but uh, that wasn't to be for them. So, too I mean, bad it, for the Heat. If you're Eric Spolster, you got to be like, what is going on with this team? Yeah. Uh, clearly, they got to shake up the mix there somehow. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's yeah. not my concern. Don't no, care. You're no, you're not. Uh, a couple of Nick notes, courtesy of our crew. Uh, Nick's 0 of 6 on free throws in the first quarter. That's the most free throw attempts without a make it by any team in any quarter this season. <laughs> <laughs> and they still won. R.J. Barrett, 0 for 8 in the first half. His most attempts without a make in any half of his career. And they still won. Miami Heat's 14th game with less than 100 points this season. That's most in the league. Held under 100 points in consecutive games for the first time since December 5 and 6. But that's how they play. They want to keep it tight. They, they, they are just their offense is back in the nineties. Yeah, they're a very <laughs> slow team. They're an old team. They're a slow team. That's right. Uh, of course, the stat on Julius Randle left the game in the second quarter with that ankle injury. Only Nick player to start every game this season. We'll see on Friday night if that remains the case. Third straight game, Emmanuel quickly has led the team in scoring, uh, twenty four points and kind of efficient again. Gordon eight of fourteen from the field. Nice job. Wow. And as we mentioned, the aforementioned Jimmy Butler, 12 points, 5 of 10 field goals, the fewest points in the game since February 2nd when Gordon, he had 10 points against the New York Knicks. Oh, look at that. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Gordon, give me your thoughts on the Yankees and what Todd Frazier had to say. Well, uh, you know, the thing with Rodon is, yeah, once he's healthy, but is he going to stay healthy? This is a guy who's had a lot of, uh, I mean, basically he's had just about everything. Uh, Shoulders, arms, this thing, that thing. He's been hurt a lot, so that is the risk. Now, when he's on the mound the last couple of years, he's been sensational. He's been lights out, but that that has to be a concern uh, when you're a guy who's had that extensive an injury history and – you're coming off a year where you threw the most innings, you won the most games, you struck out the most guys in your career, and I think you made the most starts as well. So, uh, yeah, if he is healthy, 
that's great. But you got to get him healthy first. And and the fact that Severino is also hurt, he's he's another guy who's always hurt. So going into a year, missing two-fifths of your starting rotation. I'm not even going to include Frankie Montas because uh, he, he was not great when he got he here. Sucked. He was hurt before. He, he was hurt while. He's been hurt again. So let's cra- cross him off the list. But to be missing two big pieces of what you think is the strength of your team is a bit concerning starting the year. Here's Tom Frazier on the story, Anthony Volpe. I'm proud of this young man. He came out gangbusters in spring training. He's got a lot on his shoulders, man, because guess what? Not only is he playing in front of the best crowd in the world, he's going to have people calling him left and right, people he's never heard of from uh, years. Hey, man, can I get a ticket? You know, what are you doing after the game? Why haven't you called me back, man? You know, I've done all this. He's going to get it from all different angles, and that's the stuff he's going to have to try and figure out. Listen, there's time for me to do my text messages, do my calls, and there's time for baseball, and he's got to put 100% effort into the game, especially his first year because you guys know New York baseball eat you up and chew you out if you're not ready for it. Uh, Frazier's right, and I agree with him a thousand percent. But Gordon, I just and I know it's spring training, and I know it's going to be different than the majors, and it's a different tempo and all the other stuff. I get it, I understand it. But he proved himself. He had to work hard to get this opportunity. This wasn't just handed to him. He had to earn it. And so I think with that same focus and attitude, I think he'll do fine as the Yankee shortstop. Well, I mean, he's coming in and he's an exciting player and you're excited to watch him on an everyday basis because you've been hearing about him for so long and you get to see him in the spring. And he's, I mean, he's a superstar in the spring, right? So you're excited to watch him. But I don't think that the Yankees, if you're a Yankee fan, I don't think that you're expecting the game, the team to win or lose based on Anthony Volpe. You hope that he's part of the equation and he plays a solid shortstop and he hits some and runs some and and allow him to you know, kind of float under the radar. It's it's more on the stars of the team to carry things. So uh, I think that's one thing that he's got going for him. You know, the way he's presenting it is if people are expecting Anthony Volpe to be a superstar right away. I don't know if that's the case. Here's what I know. he's 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 got to be five times better than IKF at shortstop, and that's going to be a tremendous asset for the Yankees. Yeah, well, look, he can beat you in a lot of ways. So the fact that he has all these tools in the toolbox uh, allows you to kind of, you know, if he's just fielding the position adequately and 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 getting on base once in a while and stealing some bases, I think that's that's all you can kind of hope for for a kid that age, even if he is the crown jewel of the system. And I I know the answer, so I'm going to take these two things away from you. I know you you're very concerned about Hicks and you're concerned about Donaldson. And obviously the injuries in the starting rotation. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Um, but other than that, what really what what really concerns you about this this Yankee team this year? Well, what concerns me is is that this is a big carryover group from last year. And what were the real Yankees last year? Were they the team that got off to the amazing start and was running away? And we're talking about winning 118. Are they better than the 98 Yankees? Are they going to win 110, 112, 115? And then they didn't even end up winning 100. Mm. So what, what are the real Yankees? And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have some concern. I don't have concerns about Hicks as much as I just don't want to see him play. I, I, I think I know what I'm going to get out of him if he does. And I, there's been nothing that he has done that shows that he, you know, you're talking about Volpe proving that he deserves a, a spot. Outside of his contract, if it weren't for, for Hicks's contract, he wouldn't be here. Mm. So I am a little concerned about just the overall team because I don't expect that they're going to get off to the start that they did last year. And can they weather the storm when the offense is very top-heavy?
Let's put it that way. Yeah, it is. Uh, bullpen issues? You're, you're confident in Clay Holmes that he, he can right the ship? Well, you know what? The Yankees always have some issues early on. That's one of the areas that I'm pretty confident in because okay. they always seem to figure out a way and some guy that you know, you've know you heard of a little bit, that come, like Marinaccio last year, all of a sudden he comes out and, and he's great or king or this one or that one. Now, it's a little bit diminished because you're missing two big parts of your rotation, so Clark Schmidt isn't going to be able to be part of the bullpen. He's going to be starting the second game of the season. But I, that's one of those ones that generally the Yankees kind of figure out. They generally have a bunch of guys that come out of that bullpen that are pretty solid. I'm curious to see if Michael King can pick up where he left off last year. Uh, before That the would be a huge plus. He was unbelievable. unbelievable. I, I don't know how anybody hit him. Yeah, he, he was unhittable last year. And listen, Loisega finished strong, as we knew he would. Mm-hmm. So I understand why you have some confidence in the bullpen. For me, eh, the bullpen's kind of a short, sore subject there, Gordon Damer. It's kind well, of a sore subject. at least they're not naming a closer. That's <laughs> that much you know. That, that's smart. Let's see what Todd Frazier has to say about the New York Mets. I think they're going to be good. Edwin Diaz hurts. I think that back at the end hurts. I know they have David Robertson, who's done it before, but David's a little older. He's not definitely not throwing as harder with that cutter, but he's a good friend of mine. He's going to do just well, and they got the hitters. So if they hit with the two top dogs with Scherzer and Verlander there, I think they're going to be uh, pretty good. It's going to be a fun year in New York again, I think, for sure. So, Gordon, here's the thing that's tricky for me. You and I text earlier, and when you look at – what you're looking for from this team, they won 100 games last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, talent-wise, they should be able to win 100 games again. But with the uncertainty at closure, I, I, I don't know. Gordon, I, I have to think that they, they may win less than 100 games. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning away from the 100 games. Uh, because I'm not sure what's going to happen with the closing position. As as uh, Frazier mentioned, David Robinson, look, I covered him with the Yankees. I mean, he was Houdini. There's no question about it. Uh, he would pitch. He would load up the bases and then keep them loaded and no runs would score and he'd dance off the mound. Uh, but, you know, he is, once again, as Frazier mentioned, he is a little older. And, you know, I, I know that as a Met fan, I'm going to have to have a bottle of Tums when we talk at night because he, he's going to make things nervous. Adovino, better last year, also a guy like that. Uh, I still wish they had another bat in the lineup. That's just me. I'm, I'm, you know, uneasy with that. I still think they need another consistent bat in that lineup. But as long as Marte can stay healthy, which I think is a huge question mark for him, uh, I think they'll be they'll they should win their division this year. But once again, Gordon, in the back of my mind, I am always concerned about Atlanta. I just am. I just am. Well, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, Atlanta. If we were talking about who do you think is the best team in baseball, I mean Atlanta's going to come up in the con. They might not be. They might not get every vote, but they're going to get a bunch of them. They uh, are. I mean, they they win the division every single year. Mm-hmm. They they always seem to find a way to bring up these young kids, and and they develop right away, and they produce right away, and they get them signed to contracts that are ridiculous <laughs> right away, so that they're going to be there forever. So no, I mean I'm not I'm not going to tell you that, uh, that the Braves aren't a concern. Um, I guess the concerns I would have with the Mets, look, they're a really good team, and I think that this is finally the year that Francisco Lindor kind of breaks out and becomes the superstar that we've kind of been, you know, you got glimpses of it. He's a great all-around player, but when you got him, we thought, you know, this is a top five, top ten player. I don't know that I've ever said he's a top five, top ten player since he's been here. No. So now he's been here for a couple of years. Last year was better than the year before. I think this year maybe he finally takes the jump. Um, But with the Mets, it's always about, you know, when when you have as many big names and you're spending as much money as they are, 
it, it shouldn't really be about the regular season. It should be mm-hmm. about the postseason. And, you know, it doesn't – You know, it's not hard to cook up ways to think how this could go wrong. You got two 40-year-olds leading your starting rotation. Yeah, I know. You know, that, that's, that's, that's one that jumps off the page right away. Mm-hmm. You have this dominant – the most dominant closer in the game, and you've lost them now. Mm-hmm. And the rest of your bullpen is not exactly jumping off the page like, wow, these guys are going to be just fine. And as you said last year, the issue, uh, they, didn't, they were missing a bat in the lineup, and they didn't add a real bat to the lineup. Nope. So, uh, yeah, I think they're still going to be very good. I agree. Uh, their, their over-under is 92-and-a-half. I would oh, take go the over. Yeah, I, I would go over. over. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, look, it's not hard to c- come up with way. You know, sometimes there's teams that you're like, well, how can this team not win? You know, a hundred games or win the division? How, how is it? You can come up with ways, but I just don't think all the things are going to go wrong for the Mets. That would I think need to to not be a good team this year. Yeah, I agree. They're gonna they'll, they'll be okay. It's just that when you look at it's it's like we're talking about the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. They're expected the Jets will be expected to get to the Super Bowl. All right, the Mets with that payroll are expected to get to the World Series, all right, and win it. I mean that that's that's their that's what they're expected to do with all the money that's been spent. When you've got these two future Hall of Famers at the top of your rotation, it, it's it's about winning a championship. And listen, Scherzer has not pitched the past two seasons without having time off for injury. Verlander, you know, has been really good. But, you know, you know what I always say, Gordon? They leave Houston. Uh, they leave Houston. I don't know what I'm getting. Uh, Senga, I mean, you know, he's solid. Can he make the adjustment? A lot of the, the pitchers from Japan don't have issues adjusting the pitching more than once every seven days. Mm-hmm. You know, will they make the adjustment to the ghost pitch, that, that beautiful fork ball that he has? Will they make the adjustment as he goes around the league? Carrasco was excellent last year. Uh, because of injury now, uh, our own injuries, starting rotation. I mean, David Peterson is in the fifth spot. I mean, he's been solid as a lefty. Uh, I, I like him ahead of Tyler McGill. So you know, I think the starting, I think the starting lineup's okay. I think they'll they have enough offense to carry them. My concern is when you play the Phillies and you play the the Braves and you play Houston and you play the Yankees when you really play upper echelon teams where you need a lockdown closer where as brilliant as Diaz was last year, I don't know that I'm getting that from these guys. And so I'm going to lose some games that I won last year. Yeah, and here's the thing that the the Mets have to change from last year. Last year at the trade deadline, there was a lot of talk about a lot of big names, and at the end of the day, the Mets kind of, you know, they tried to reinvent the wheel, right? No, we're going to get Vogel back, and we're going to get Darren Ruff, and they're going to platoon, and we're going to do this. There cannot be that this year. No. When you have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander leading your rotation, you're kind of on borrowed time, right? I mean, this is a team, as you said, is expected to compete for a World Series this year. So when it comes – I'm not saying you have to go out and get a closer in the first month of the season, but when the trade season opens up – Assuming that that's an issue, the Mets can't hold back and say, you know what, we're going to go, we're going to have a, a, a guy for lefties and we're going to have a guy, we're going to do a situation. No, no, no. Solve the problem. Go out and, and, and spend what you have. If you have to give up a prospect or two to do that, so be it. If you got to give up a prospect or two to go get that bat that can be the everyday DH, 
go do it. You can't do what you did last year trying to reinvent the wheel. I do think the Mets are a little bit of a work in progress because I do expect that the team that is at the end of the season is going to look somewhat different than the team to start the year, but they can't make that same mistake two years in a row. They have to get a bat, and they have to get another reliever. And and that's it's got to be done. And as you said, it could be the trade deadline. See what you have. See mm-hmm. see how the guys have responded. Absolutely. You know, then you make that decision. But you can't do what you did last year by not addressing that bat because that bat came to hurt you, not only in the postseason but it hurt you in the series against Atlanta before the postseason even began. Absolutely. Oh, spirit. This is ESPN New York tonight. All right, so let's get to the uh, matchups for tonight. Region 1, the final there. I mean, people criticize the seeding process, the selection committee. Region 1, it's the number one seed Godfather against the number three Die Hard. Mm-hmm. About chalk there, as you could have. Yep. Region 2, the final, is the number one seed Back to the Future against the number six in Major League. Mm-hmm. which uh, I don't remember what major league took out. Oh, it took out Jaws. Disgraceful p- performance by the listeners and the voters there. But look, that's, uh, that's a story for another day. Back to the future, major league, the region two final. Then region three is Shawshank versus the Dark Knight, one versus two. That's an interesting combo. And then finally, the last region. You always need one of those regions that's kind of the wild card, and region four is that. You have the number five seed, Casino, going up against the 15th seed in Step Brothers. So those are the matchups, all four tonight. And voting is now open. And vote early and vote often. At Hardest the ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM, your chance to uh, figure out who is en route to the, to the title of the most rewatchable movie of all time. Gordon, that those stepbrothers just won't die. <laughs> they, they're hanging around. And you, you know what? Going. It was a very close matchup there, but a uh, great uh, listener to the station and uh, the great uh, Twitter account, Incarcerated Bob, kind of mm-hmm. retweeted it uh-huh. right before we went on the air. And right. with his huge following, it jumped, yes. you know, and then it really became a blow. It became like the Nick game, tight throughout. Uh-huh. Last uh, last quarter of the, the matchup, stepbrothers just pulled away over a Bronx tail. Now, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I have other fights to fight on this one. Casino taking out a few good men, and certainly Jaws losing to uh, Major League, which I love. Love but Major League, but let's love be Major real. League, very rewatchable. Very, very. Uh, Gordon, I teased it earlier. Uh, Jeff Passer reported a deal is in place between the minor league players in the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball on the historic first collective bargaining agreement for the ma- for the minor leaguers. This is according to union officials. Deal is five years and includes at least double pay at all levels of the minors. Boy, oh boy, celebration time. Yeah, well, look, uh, it's been a, a kind of a disgraceful situation that the, the minor leaguers have had to deal with. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know all the ins and outs. Hopefully they're happy with the deal. And if they're happy with the deal, I'm happy for them that they got a deal. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it's kind of been one of those things that you've seen and read about the situations that guys have had to, to deal with. And, look, minor league baseball, it's always going to be a bit of a challenge, uh, you yeah, know, absolutely. trying to live out your dream and everything like that. But it seems like in the last few years it's really gotten to a desperate situation. So I'm glad that the, the two sides could finally come up with something that makes it a little bearable. 
Gordon, did you see games lasted two hours and 35 minutes this spring compared to three hours and a minute in 2022? So 26 minutes were shaved off of the spring training games? Look, there's going to be people that are going to criticize the pitch clock. Give it a week. You know, mm-hmm. anytime that, especially baseball fans. Yes. Oh, my God. Baseball fans are the worst trying to ch- Baseball players are stubborn and baseball mm-hmm. umpires are stubborn. Everybody in ba- anybody associated with baseball is very stubborn. Give it a week, and I'm betting that you're going to love it because it doesn't cut oh. down on the action. It's not something stupid like, oh, let's make it a seven in the You know what? Let's put a runner at second base in extra. And it's nothing <laughs> stupid like that. And it's getting back to the pace that games used to be. It's true. That's all it's doing. Yeah. Think of it this way. The only thing it's doing is making the pitchers pitch quicker and the batters don't have a chance. They, they have to adjust their gloves quicker, their batting gloves quicker. That's all it is. Exactly. That's what and, it is. And they've tried this. They've done things in the past. That, well, you know, the, the batter's got to get in the box and stand in the box, and they do it for a week or two, and then they get away from it. And and then the games are you know Yankees Red Sox are four and a half hours and, oh. and oh why I wonder why I wonder why kids aren't watching baseball well it's because it takes too long exactly exactly well you know look look at that look how great look at that they're stepping out of the box they're fouling off pitches this is what you're supposed to do yeah listen yeah foul off the pitches I have no problem with that stepping out of the box get back in there let's go yeah it's ridiculous let's go. And, and it's such an easy fix. People can do it. It's not, you know, it, it's not something that's like, oh, how are they ever going to be able to pitch in this amount? No, they've done it. They did it just yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. And it works. Absolutely. Now, I don't know pitchers like Steve Traxel, the human rain delay. I don't know what he'd be able to do in this situation right. when he was. <laughs> Mike Hargrove getting in the box, fixing the belt, fixing the hat, fixing the gloves, fixing the socks, fixing the belt again, fixing the gloves, fixing the bat. I mean, that was, that was ridiculous. But It was. It was, but but it was allowed. So why not mm-hmm. do it? If, sure. Because here's what we know about athletes: they're all creatures of habit. And if he felt that that's how he what he needed to do to have success, that's what he was going to do. And so that just continued on and on. You multiply that by nine batters, and you multiply Steve Traxel by five or six pitchers, and it's four. It's four hours and twenty two minutes. I'm standing. It's it's oh. it's a seven o'clock start, and I'm standing in the Yankee clubhouse at two in the morning. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it's outrageous. And look, it's just not a good product. No, it everything isn't. in life is getting faster. Everything in life is more streamlined. You don't want to. Everybody's more impatient than they've ever been before. And and when you're trying to appeal to young kids who have a phone in their pocket and can swipe entertainment choices and people and everything in life. If they don't like it, they swipe it. And in a second, Larry, they swipe it. Five-hour baseball games are not going to cut it. Plus, if you're in the outfield, you're mur- you're dying. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. Uh, this is what the, the, I am the first one to criticize Major League Baseball when they come up with dopey things here or dopey things there or bigger bases to me is stupid and mm-hmm. this thing is stupid. This one makes all the sense in the world and. I, I'm sure that there will be glitches or issues with it here or there, but in, in general, it works. Yeah. It does what it's supposed to do. It speeds up the game. It does. I can't wait to see uh, the, the effect beginning tomorrow afternoon at the stadium. Yankees and Giants. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how quickly that game moves. How quickly. Get, but, but once again, answers with Aaron tomorrow night. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to have to. I'm going to really have to 
pra- I don't know how to practice this. It's not a spring training for answers with Aaron. I'm assuming that uh, a lot of the same answers will carry over from last answers year. with Aaron. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Aaron Hicks had some good at-bats today. He almost had that walk in the third inning. Um, See? You're I, ready I, to you go. know, Josh, uh, when uh, I struggled at the plate today, but he provides us such great defense at third base. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Say, there you go. Yep. You're ready. Mm-hmm. You are ready to go. Oh, it's not the question. You're good to go, my friend. I can't wait. It's going to be interesting. Well, look, it's great to have baseball back. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.